Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the Week 9 edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am one of your hosts, Wes Easley, at Loafing It Over There on Twitter. And you can follow my guy, Pierre, at Peewee31 on Twitter as well. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. What we do here on the DFS Dreamer Podcast is we record on a Tuesday afternoon. We look at the, the main slate over on DraftKings for Sunday. So we're kind of looking in the future a little bit. And Pierre, I don't know about you, but you can take any show research and just about throw it out the window today because it was a very active uh, trade deadline day in the NFL, which is going to put people's names in waiver wire stuff. So we're going to try to cover some of the trade deadline. We're going to try to cover some waiver wire things for you, but more importantly, that DFS main slate that we go and do each each and every Sunday. Yeah, it's been hectic Uh, from a a trade standpoint, from a life standpoint, it is (laughs) only Tuesday, as you mentioned. So Hopefully things calm down a bit, but going into week nine, which is just insane uh, how fast this NFL season is going. But, I mean, it's going to be even faster now that we have so many names switching places and spots here. Yeah, well, it's going to go even faster because once Halloween hits – Everything speeds up at the end of the year. This is, I mean, really, honestly, week nine and, and Halloween, next thing you know, we turn around and it's, Chris, it's November, it's Thanksgiving, then it's Christmas, and then it's New Year's, and we look back and we go, where'd the NFL, where'd everything in the NFL Brian Carey's already on the radio. Like, oh, well, for Christmas, already playing. Like, we're here. We're at the <laughs> hey, let's, let's jump over here. We're going to go over to our friends over on uh, the NBC Edge Sports stuff. We're just going to cover some of these things. I think the first one that kind of today was TJ Hawkinson getting traded over to the Minnesota Vikings. Do you see his fantasy value going up or down, Pierre? And do you see any waiver wire additions like from the, the, the Detroit Lions that might be able to benefit from this? Yeah, so with Hawkinson, I think it can um, go up for one. I think Kirk Cousins is a little better at spreading the ball around than, than Jared Goff. When it came to Goff, you really didn't see Hawkinson get involved unless I'm on Ross St. Brown went out. Um, but we've seen guys like Conklin. We've seen Irv Smith when he can catch the ball, you know, be a part of that that Vikings offense. And I feel like they'll integrate Hawkinson pretty well there. So I don't mind him. Uh, he's probably not going to be that much of a difference. Um, but I do expect more targets and for him to be more involved, especially in the red zone with the Vikings. With the Lions, it's interesting. So the, the guy that would probably benefit would be a, a Brock Wright. Right. Um, we've seen – Smaller sample size that he's been able to to put up some points. He went for four for 57 uh, just back in week seven, uh, caught all four for 57. You look at the end of last year, he had a two for 51 in the touchdown, has had a two and a 28 in the touchdown. So I think he would be the biggest beneficiary with the the Lions. Issue is he's questionable. Uh, I think he's in a concussion protocol himself, uh, which would leave uh, James Mitchell as the top tight end. Uh, in the foreseeable future, yeah, I would pass on that. Uh, but as a, a punt, maybe in your deeper leagues, I wouldn't mind a, a Brock Wright. If he gets cleared, I wouldn't mind even DFS maybe too when we get to that point okay. uh, in our conversation today. Okay, yeah, I, I saw Kirk Cousins in a press conference even after this trade went through, and I think he referred to TJ Hawkinson as TJ Rudolph and Kyle Hawkinson at different <laughs> times. So I think this is a good one for him. I don't, well, I mean, it's an upgrade over Johnny Munt, that's for sure. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, uh, big news coming out of Detroit again. DeAndre Swift it may not may not be you know perfectly healthy. It, it, I, I keep hearing that he's not all the way healthy. I think he said that he's not all the way healthy, and Dan Campbell has said he's not all the way healthy either. So mm-hmm. those Jamal Williams and that Craig Reynolds. I, I, you gotta just put Craig Reynolds if you can put him on your you know your bench somewhere. It might be a good pickup. Potentially, uh, you don't want three. You don't want that three running back by committee. It's okay with two when when, when Swift's actually ruled out. Uh, otherwise, you would stay away. But, yeah, Swift's out. Reynolds is definitely a guy. He's involved in the passing game. So you keep that in mind if if Swift misses the game. Yeah, I mean, it's waiver wire Tuesday, Pierre. I'm pumped up. We got trades moving. We got, we got people in my – hey, listen, I got a trade for you to review here real quick. On my uh, – in my in my one of my leagues, I don't know. This is my home league, I guess it is, even though they don't claim me at different times. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of the things that they do. Uh, a trade went through. I won't tell you if I made the trade or not, but just let me get your feelings and thoughts behind it. We have not repracticed this or anything because I know those guys listen and try to vulture everything I try to do here. Wondell Robinson, okay. Ezekiel Elliott – and Deontay Johnson, okay? okay? All right. That's on one side. Four, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. Which side are you on? Is that a fair trade? Is that a good trade? Is that which side are you on? Is it redraft? 
It is redraft half point PPR, by the way. Half point PPR. I think I think I'm on the the first side. I'm on the, the Wandale, Zeke, and, and Deontay side. Okay. All right. Reason well, being uh Rondell Robinson's really the main main guy with the Giants. They didn't they didn't acquire anyone, so I expect uh, his, his target share to, to go up as he gets more involved. Like you got to think he missed a good portion early on of the season, so he'll he'll get more involved. Jerry Jones is in love with Zeke Elliott, even though Tony Pollard to me is clearly the the best running back in that backfield. They, they talk about Zeke's pass blocking, but you look at like the PFF grades. Tony Pollard has a better BF, PFF grade when it comes to pass blocking than Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott. And then Deontay Johnson, I know it hasn't been great, but they just traded away uh, Chase Claypool to your Bears. Yeah. Uh, so that's one less receiver uh, there in Pittsburgh for picking to throw to. Uh, so it's really just the Deontay and pick and show uh, in addition to Fryermuth there. So one less route tree to worry about. Uh, I think I prefer that that standpoint there. Okay, I can see that. I, I really didn't know Deontay Johnson was it. I saw Deontay Johnson, and I wasn't – this time, and I'm like, okay, did they tra- switch that on me? Now, last night, I mean, it went through whenever we were trick-or-treating and stuff, and I was like, oh, I didn't go. See, Kelly, you trans Alvin Cook. I, I, I'm the one to panic. And so I don't, I don't think that you're necessarily right, Pierre. I think you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> but you talked about Chase Claypool over to the Chicago Bears. Claypool, that, I think that's a good one. For the Bears, they gives them another threat, a different threat. Mooney's a different type of character. Uh, he doesn't really go down the field. I think he's more of that crossing Stephon Diggs kind of a guy, you know. But Chase Claypool's <laughs> one of those kids that can go up and get it. And uh, when the Bears traded, uh, who, who was the who was the middle linebacker they traded over to, uh, to uh, Baltimore? Roquan. Yeah, when they traded Roquan. Thank you. I couldn't remember when they traded Roquan over there to Baltimore. Can't remember your I, own team. I, hey, look, man. I've had a long couple of days. Okay, I could tell you Roquan Smith in my sleep probably, but I, I haven't had any sleep for days. So that's why. So uh, when they did that, I thought that they were really mailing it in for the season, and I still think they do on the defensive side. I think they're going to allow people to score a million points, and I thought that they were going to really open up the offense for Justin Fields, which we've seen him do the last couple of weeks. And from a fantasy perspective, that's been real good. And this kind of indicates to me and validifies what I've been thinking they're doing because Chase Claypool is going to be a great weapon for Justin Fields to be able to throw it down the field to just give him somebody else to look for because that that wide receiver room is kind of blank right now. They are blank. And I do like the addition of Claypool as well. Big body, uh, fast. Uh, I know he's kind of underrated from a speech perspective. Gives you someone opposite of, of Darnell Mooney as you kind of mentioned there. And Phil's is kind of coming into his own. Like these last few games, he's he's getting confident. He's scrambling more. And so giving him an extra weapon uh, should only help him out moving forward. Bradley Chubb went uh, from – where did he go from? He went from Denver all the way over to Miami. And then yeah. Miami sent Chase Edmonds over to Denver. This is kind of confusing here, uh, you know, a little bit. But uh, a great edge rusher for the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins uh, might be one of those teams where you do look to go and pick them up for the rest of the season on that defense. Now that they have an edge rusher, that's going to make that secondary a little bit better. Even I know that he plays defensive line, but that hurries the quarterback a little bit more. Yeah, it's good to have edge rushers in today's NFL. And Miami's defense hasn't been great. Like, I like their defense on paper, but they just haven't been able to, to get to the quarterback. We just saw mm-hmm. Goff, you know, throw for like 321 yards there. So uh, Chubb's only going to help. Uh, I know the, the backfield that it's not, it's not completely bare with Mostert because they added Jeff Wilson Jr. from exactly. the 49ers. So they just, they just crowded the backfield back up. Uh, looks like McDaniels is kind of reuniting that that 49ers team from like 2020 there uh, mm-hmm. in his backfield. But yeah, I, I do like their defense a little bit more moving forward. Their secondary has to get healthy, uh, but Bradley Shove could could definitely help from a, a pressure standpoint when it comes to attacking the quarterback. Yeah, and then Chase Edmonds going over to the Denver Broncos. That just makes it even more crowded back there in that backfield a little bit. And I, I was like, okay, well, we thought just exactly what we thought. Mustard's going to take over for that. And then Jeff Wilson is added to Miami. So that's a, Calvin Ridley. I don't think this has any fantasy implications this year for Jag uh, going over to the Jaguars. Maybe it does in some kind of dynasty league or something. Maybe he's out there on on a waiver wire. Jacksonville Jaguars are a team up and coming, and Calvin Ridley needed a fresh start out of Atlanta, so he's got that going. Naheem Hines, Pierre. I am so sorry. Naheem yeah. Hines was kind of traded and swapped there, it seems like, with Buffalo for Zach Moss. So uh, Naheem Hines goes over to Buffalo, and your Indianapolis Colts get Zach Moss. Yeah, that was a tough one. I've always liked Hines. I, I feel like he's been underutilized 
uh, during his time in Indy. So hopefully he finds some success uh, with Buffalo. I know he became an instant title contender uh, leaving Indy for the Bills. Don't understand the the Zach Moss swap. Um, I think we were after a fourth. We could only get a conditional six that could become a fifth for Naeem Hines. But wish him the best. He, he should do well. I worry if he cuts into Singletary uh, a little bit now since he is a, a pass catcher himself. But a good acquisition, plays really hard, can do punt returns, should help the Bills. Well, I thought James Cook was starting to break out there a little bit in Buffalo. His usage weight rates went up a little bit as after the bye week. Kind of the rookies get a little ahead of steam going that way. And uh, Buffalo said, no, no, we don't need any rookies trying to <laughs> right. derail this title shot. All right, Pierre, let's go over here to the DraftKings slate. We have got 10 games on our uh, Tuesday afternoon is what we're looking at for the Sunday afternoon slate. And we always put on that DFS Dreamer podcast contest, Pierre. And uh, you and I are right up there at the top. Three, uh, four and five, maybe, I think, is where we ended up finishing this week. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I, I thought we both had a shot, and I tried to outsmart the room. I did not put Derrick Henry in there. I put Saquon Barkley instead and tried to squeeze somebody else in, and then Saquon Barkley gave me a dude a dud a dud <laughs> yeah you can play the king i mean that's your alabama guy you're well, just I, what's going on with you and your teams con, tonight like, contrarian i was being a little contrarian believe it or not in that uh, well you know what being contrarian has not worked very well this year uh, for many people like all the the chalk all the popular plays are just going nuts and that continues to be the case but yeah, I got four. You were right there at six, actually. But um, first place went to D-Wade for life uh, five. Uh, I don't know if that's Dwayne Wade, but uh, D-Wade for life five. Put up a 224.34. Uh, went with Ellinger. Um, he did so many things with salary, opening things up at 4K. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ellinger was his quarterback. Kamara and Pollard in the backfield. Both of those guys had huge days for 42 and 36 points. DJ Moore who I didn't play. Um, he, he was he was popular. I talked about him um, on the, the pod. I think I even put him in the lineup I did, but he got there in one play. Yeah. It was that last play with like 13 seconds of regulation. That was a 16-point play because it was a 62-yard touchdown, so that's 12 points. He got an additional uh, point for the catch, plus he got a bonus that put him over 100 yards for three more points. So that catch was a 16-point swing in itself with DJ Moore, but he was one of the best values. Uh, said he would probably be, you know, one to play, just giving the Falcons and giving P.J. Walker really targeting him. So uh, he had DJ Moore. He had Tyreek Hill, uh, who did his thing with 34-and-a-half. He had your guy, Darnell Mooney, uh, Pat, Fire, Pat Fryer move, A.J. Brown, who got drug tested after his three-touchdown game. Uh, then the commander's defense. So Ellinger, Kamara, Tony Pollard, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Darnell Mooney, Pat Fryer move, AJ Brown, and commanders took down first place for D Wade four life five. Good job. Good job, D. Wade. That's a beautiful lineup. I love how you built that one using the four thousand dollar Sam Ellinger. And I, I think he, I think his price may have dropped this week, Pierre. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Hey, man, we got speaking about that Atlanta Falcons secondary. We got the Los Angeles Chargers coming off of a bye week going into Atlanta to play this game. Forty nine and a half points inside a dome. No weather, uh, no weather concerns that we have here. My question to you is at mm-hmm. seventy two hundred, you have Justin Herbert at fifty three hundred. We have a Marcus Mariota. Which one looks like the better value on Sunday? Uh, That's a tough one, isn't it? Because uh, Mariota is cheap and he is twenty. He can get you 20. Cheap. I I think is slightly from a value standpoint. Okay. Um, you got to think he's saving you $1,900. Uh, and like you said, he can get you 20 plus. He's gotten 24 uh, two out of the last three games. Chargers defense hasn't been great. They're still missing Bosa. Banged up in the secondary themselves. So from a value standpoint, yeah, I think it's, it's Mariota. Not by a lot. Like Herbert's got upside. Uh, Falcons defense hasn't been great either. I mean, we just saw P.J. Walker have a pretty solid game. Uh, so I do like Herbert, but from a value and price perspective, it, it's it's Mariota, but not by a lot. Okay, yeah, and and uh, it, I think some of those weapons being hurt a little bit for Herbert makes me a little hesitant on him. I don't know that <laughs> Keenan Allen has practiced yet this week. I haven't gotten, I haven't had that last report. All the all the other news has kind of made Keenan Allen not so important anymore. It doesn't feel like Josh Palmer <laughs> though is questionable as well. So we we got a lot of those people in that you know concussion protocol or being injured. But I think coming off a of bye week, we should be able to play those two wide receivers this week. 
Yeah, I obviously watch the, the practice. They don't start till tomorrow, so you haven't missed anything quite yet, um, unless it's a Thursday night game. But uh, Mike Williams is going to be out. So, I mean, whoever's in uh, should be a beneficiary for the, the pass catchers. Hopefully, uh, Keenan Allen's back after the bye. But it's still so tough on his hamstring because those soft tissue yep. type of injuries for receivers, it can, it can always just go wrong really quickly. So the, the safest play is – at even four receivers going to be out running back with, with Austin Eckler. Like his targets have been insane. You look, he's gotten 12 and 16 back-to-back weeks. Uh, they're going to have to continue to feed him. We know Mike Williams is out. So just continue to, I think, play Eckler uh, versus taking a chance on one of these off-injured receivers for the Chargers right now. Okay, and a tight end, that does make Gerald Everett a little bit more playable at 4,800 against that uh, uh, Atlanta defense. And what about Kyle Pitts as well? He's at 4,500. <laughs> which which one would you rather play? Kyle Pitts needs overtime to be able to get there, but, I mean, he got there. <laughs> I'd be Everett. I mean, again, we, we just talked about the pass-catching options for Herbert. For one, Herbert's a better quarterback than, than Mariota, especially with his arm. Uh, you saw uh, Everett's coming off seven and nine targets. Pitts finally got there. Hurrah, hurrah. Really good price. I'm not sure it'll happen again, though. Uh, you just can't take that chance. He saw nine targets, which was a season high for him. Uh, caught five for 80 and a touchdown. But hey, I wouldn't bank on that happening again. Miami at Chicago. This one's at 44 and a half. Looks like good weather here, Pierre. I don't know if Chase, how big of a role Chase Claypool will have there, but I don't know how big of a you know a playbook you got to have for Chase Claypool either. Run out there somewhere, buddy. I'll find you. That's what I think the, the play call is going to be. But you got Tua Tagovailoa going against the Chicago Bears defense. He's at 6,700. Had a great game last week. I expected his salary to go up a little bit, you know, from from that a little bit more. But it's still just sitting down there at 6,700. Can we trust him this week? against the bears i mean it only went up you know 500 bucks but i don't think i like the matchup as well against chicago for one pay attention to the weather they're not going to be indoors uh this time around he does have the weapons to make it happen but the bears defense has been a little better you know briskers looking Mm -hmm. good back there in the secondary as well as uh i can't think of the other rookie but they they both looked uh really well here the last few weeks uh, you look at Averflus, he, he runs a cover too. So he tries to take away some of those big plays, mostly just gives up things, you know, underneath over the middle. So I don't think I will go with Tua again. You look at even his his season, it just hasn't been there. He's had a couple of boom games, a week two against Baltimore and then uh, against the Lions. Other than that, you know, he's had injuries in 15, 14. So probably not with, with Tua against the Bears. His, his pass catchers, you can still play, you know, yeah. Tyreek. He seems unguardable. Many thought he was going to be done after the Mahomes trade. That has not been the case. Nope. He's on He's on pace to, uh, I think, break Calvin Johnson's record uh, this season. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll be on Tua this week against the Bears defense here. Uh, the, my, Justin Fields went up $100, up to $5,300 after scoring two consecutive weeks, 24 points and then 26 points. And that 26 points came against a really tough t- Dallas defense. I don't know if they started to overlook maybe Chicago and they took a week off or what it was, and they even scored a touchdown, et cetera. They, they didn't play terrible. The Dallas defense did play terrible, but Justin Fields was able to lead them to 26 points. I like the Dallas defense better than I like Miami's defense. I think Justin Fields might be able to pay off for us again this week, Pierre. Yeah, I mean, really good price. You know, I came up 100 bucks. so you look back-to-back weeks over 20. Uh, even the week before that, he was right on the, the 20 mark. You you need a 15, 16 for him to hit the the, the salary that we're, we're kind of looking from a value standpoint. And, I mean, so many people are just coming off of what can happen when you have a Sam Ellinger in there. And what yeah. I mean by that is he was only 4K. He got eight points. He got eight points, but folks are still putting up over 200 points on DraftKings with Sam Ellinger getting you eight. And it's because it opens up so many more things uh, when it comes to running back, tight end, wide receiver, et cetera. So I I think that's a reason to like Fields as well. Uh, He does have upside, but he's also at a low enough salary where he can help you fit in some guys that are studs at other positions. So I really do like Fields this week as well. Again, you mentioned the Dolphins defense. Not as, as good as, as as the Cowboys defense, but really hasn't been great at all. It's been a defense you can attack as long as they're on the road. Like They play a lot better at home, but they're on the road here. They're at, at Soldier Field, so I do like Fields at 5,300. Like his rushing upside, I think he's going to be in play probably the rest of the year if he stays in this price range. 
Yeah, they got he not only does he rush run the ball whenever the uh, passing play kind of goes south a little bit, he can tuck the ball and run. But also they're designing runs for him now. They're really mm-hmm. opening up that offense. I think you got to capitalize on a 5300 Justin Fields uh, this week, uh, you know, especially. Uh the running back whole situation here out of this game. I I don't think Raheem Mostart is quite the Tony Pollard, right? But Raheem Mostart is no, <laughs> you know, he he's pretty good. He's the kid's the kid's good, but now you got add addition of Jeffrey Wilson and I think Jeffrey Wilson could me in and make an impact this week too because he's going to know that playbook so when, when you add that in there I don't know that we can necessarily trust Mostart this week at 6100 or any of the Bears running backs as well because it seems Herbert keeps getting a little bit more a little bit more each week and he's that big explosive play guy Pierre yeah with, with Mostert you got to watch kind of how the, the week progresses so the the bright side of the trades being Today on Tuesdays, if these guys can go in and pass their physicals, practice doesn't start until tomorrow. Uh, so they could be on the practice field tomorrow, getting a week of practice. You're good to go. Uh, so pay attention to that. But, yeah, Mostert is in a good spot. He is the lead back. Kind of disappointed, you know, last week against the Lions. So mm-hmm. knowing that, I think a lot of people will be off of him. Uh, because of that, you know, he disappointed. Then he went up a couple hundred dollars. So we just saw again what happens with the Bears running game. Will Pollard, not sure it's going to be that type of game, but Mostert could definitely be in play, especially given I, I like the, the Bears secondary. So I'm not really big on two of this week. Usually when that's the case and a team is still, you know, predicted to score, what, 24 and a half points this week, uh, it has to come from somewhere. So it, it could come from Mostert. But again, kind of watch the practice report, see how Jeff Wilson Jr. gets integrated and kind of make your decisions from there. Okay, we've covered the wide receivers a little bit here. Uh, Cole Komet, I wish, give me a call, Cole Komet, when your price drops to 2,500, please, uh, even against these uh, Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Anybody, <laughs> you see it, we don't, we have anybody other plays out of this uh, little grouping here? Uh, I mean, I don't, the matchup against the Dolphins against tight ends good for Komet? Yeah, yeah but, I know, that's the thing, that's the thing, but. but but it's Kokomet. Like you, look at, yeah. you look at what's happened. Uh, he 3K. got the end zone finally. That was good, right? But yeah, I just don't see the the upside there. And then Claypool could take a million, take away even more if he plays. I know he's not in the pool right now, but pay attention because he could get added to the actual player pool. Uh, if so, look at his price because if he gets a full week of practice in, it, it could just be you know go ahead and put in Claypool as a, the top guy, uh, or it could open up things for Mooney. Yes. Um, we saw last year he had a pretty good season with Allen Robinson on the field. Even though Allen Robinson didn't do much, it opened up things for Mooney. So mm-hmm. given Claypool will just be getting integrated, it could open up things for, for Mooney where that attention is now taken off of him. And at 4700 is a really good price if he can get you some of those upside games that he had last year where he was putting up 20-plus. So I think I like Mooney uh, to pair with Fields if Claypool does play. I like what you said there, Pierre, about Darnell Mooney. Carolina at uh, Cincinnati, that defense is really banged up for Cincinnati. And I think one of the people that was the biggest beneficiary of this last NFL trade deadline was DJ Moore. Because with Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey out of there, he really became a focal point of this Carolina offense. And and DJ Moore is one of those playable characters that you have each and every week. And I'll be, if it doesn't look like the P.J. Walker, DJ Moore era has started there <laughs> in Carolina. But, I mean, they got a pretty good connection. And, man, that pass, that pass that P.J. Walker had at the end of the game, if that doesn't pump them up for the rest of the year, I don't know what will. Yeah, that was beautiful. And it's a, a shame the, the flag that was thrown. Uh, for one, he wasn't he wasn't on the field. He was technically out of the end zone when he took off his helmet, yeah. uh, so it shouldn't have been a penalty. Uh, in addition, Terry McLaurin did the same thing in the Colts game uh, down the one. He took off his helmet, and they didn't throw a flag because the, the commanders caught a timeout. But both situations, it's a, a dead ball because one was after the play due to the touchdown, and uh, one was after the play due to a timeout. So NFL has to figure that out. Uh, may have cost uh, the Panthers that game, which would have gave them a, 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 a possession of first place. Which was just insane. Instead, it's the Falcons at four and four, but uh, three or five would have gave them a chance. So just keep that in mind how the, that game was for first place there. 
Uh, yes, my wife, uh, when we were watching that game, actually, and my, and my wife said, well, that was pretty selfish, you know, of, of, <laughs> of it. and I said, no, we ain't going there, and I had to explain how DJ Moore has been drafted there, underutilized, can't get a t- catch a touchdown, and so had a horrible, horrible quarterback play throughout the time, and he has been, he's taking it on the chin, he's taking one for the team each all the time, so for yeah. him to let out all that frustration and that one play of taking off his helmet and roaring after the greatest play in Carolina Panther history, okay, maybe not the greatest, okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the last couple of years, anyway, I, I said, no, I can't. I'm not going to blame the guy. Uh, but anyway, go, go, back to DraftKings purposes. Joe Burrow at 6,600. PJ Walker at 5,200. I, you know, I think PJ Walker is playable, Pierre. I really do think he's playable yeah. against that Bengal defense that just got Jacoby presented, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't look great. Even as a team, they just don't look great. I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover. Um, or what's going on there. But Walker's in play. Uh, I would caution it's it's not going to be indoors. It's not going to be against the Falcons. The okay. Bengals are a little better um, on defense. But in general, they play better at home across the board. Uh, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, I do like Burrow to, to kind of bounce back yeah. uh, here after the stinker against the Browns. Uh, I would caution a bit on DJ Moore, as I mentioned earlier um, in the show. 16 of his points came on that last catch. If you take that away, he's getting you about 14 and a half uh, on the week, which is, it's not bad, but for 5,800, 14 and a half isn't quite going to cut it. You're looking yeah. for more around 18. Uh, so just keep that in mind there. Uh, Terrace Marshall uh, saw a season high of nine targets. He only caught four for 87, but he saw two red zone targets. They threw him a couple of fate routes that he couldn't come down with. So I don't mind him as a value play for, for 3,900. Uh, but, yeah, if you do go with the Bengals, obviously the, the route tree is a little smaller with Higgins and Boyd now. Both of them have priced up uh, the 73 and 6,300, uh, which is really the highest price for each of them on the season so far. Uh, but as they go up, one guy goes down, and he's really struggled. But Joe Mixon, 6,500 um, against Carolina, cheapest he's been all year. He's not doing it. You look at the game logs, it's not happening. But he saw nine targets himself last night uh, with his eight rushes. He's at home. He averages about four more points at home. I think it could be a week to to play mixing. We just saw Tyler Algier get into the end zone against Carolina there. Um, So if people are going to Burrow, uh, you might have a good time to to get a discount on Joe Mixon when nobody's probably going to play Okay, I like that play because I was as I was looking at the prices while you and I were talking a little bit and going back over them uh, in my head, I was going, boy, that's pretty expensive for those guys for the fantasy production that they just put up. And they looked a little bit out of sync without Chase out there on the field. So it, it did look a little bit different. I was going, okay, can we play the quarterback solo? And I said, yeah, I guess we could play the quarterback solo. So I'm like, I'm glad you like mixing there. What about Hayden Hurst? Uh, I think that I, lo- I love your Marshall play, by the way, because he kind of seemed to be the I, the the tight end in the end zone for mm-hmm. PJ Walker because yeah. he's a big bodied guy and and he did get those two red zone targets so that was key and to me you know Tommy Treble Ian Thomas they're just not stepping up to the plate ever but what about a Hayden Hurst at thirty six hundred I mean he he's gonna have his weeks um, he's another one that plays better at home again no Jamar Chase they can't pass protect for anything so Hayden Hurst is one of the bigger beneficiaries of just checkdowns. <laughs> Uh, in addition to mixing, so yeah, you can you can play Hurst at thirty six hundred, uh, but I think if I if I rather play mixing personally, I know there are different price, different positions, okay. but to to get a part of this game to to kind of get that same check down type of work, mm-hmm. give me the running back who's also going to get goal, goal line touches and things along those lines. All right, Green Bay at Detroit. This one's a 50-point total in a dome, so we don't have to worry about that. And everybody gets 50 points against Detroit. I mean, just yeah, you know, <laughs> it seems like, boy, this is this is something. This is a get-right game for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And how cheap is Aaron Rodgers? 5,900 is what Aaron Rodgers is. And you, it looks like you could pair, pair him up with an Aaron Jones who seems to be catching his second wind of the season at this point. And if you're going over onto the wide receiver room, Pierre, if Alan Lazard comes back, that's going to make Romeo Dobbs a little bit tricky, right? And But Romeo yeah. Dobbs at 5,300 looks very tantalizing as well. Yeah, I mean, the Packers look great this week from a projection standpoint, from a value standpoint. Uh, and it starts with Rodgers, 5,900. If there's not a week that he can get going, it has to be this week. It has to be. Um, you look, and he hasn't, he hasn't been awful. Like I know it's tough with his pass catchers. I'm sure he misses 
Devontae Adams. Now he's got Lazard's out, Randall Cobb's yeah. out. So they didn't go get anybody. So I'm, I'm sure that didn't sit well with him today. I haven't got a chance to see the Pat McAfee show, but <laughs> I'm sure it did sit well that they didn't go out and get any weapons. I did hear it was between them and the Bears for Claypool. So maybe the Bears came in and, and did that intentionally uh, <laughs> to make sure Rodgers didn't get a weapon. But this is the week for him to, to get right. I like Rodgers quite a bit at 5,900. Currently grading out from a points-per-dollar standpoint uh, as the best quarterback um, from a value standpoint this week. Aaron Jones loved the touches that he got that last game against Buffalo. Mm. 20 attempts, most he's seen all year. Got another five targets. You can get that again for 7,400 against this Lions defense. Really love Aaron Jones this week. Pass catching, I don't know. I don't know from the Packers standpoint. Don't really like, you know, Romeo Dobbs. He's been all right. He's getting targets. Uh, had a decent game, a really nice catch against Buffalo. Right. But before that, he really struggled. So who are you going to get, you know, this week? Well, Sammy Watkins, what's going to happen there? The yeah. the ghost of him. So I don't like anyone from a pass catching standpoint, probably except for, for Robert Tunyon there at tight end. Okay. Well, I think that uh, DraftKings has changed the rules a little bit, and you get one point for every time Aaron Rodgers yells at Romeo Dobbs now. Uh, so <laughs> that makes him really appealing. Well, he got to lock him in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, uh, we're not. I, I don't want to touch any of these Detroit Lions. I, I really wish I could run it back with somebody, but I just think about how tough that uh, that really that that Green Bay Packer defense is, and how stingy mm-hmm. they are at giving up that big play. And T.J. Hawkinson not being there, maybe that's going to throw some things off there. Maybe an uh, Amon Ronsley Brown, may, maybe I don't know who would get the underneath work for them because I don't think that they're going to give up anything big to anybody. Yeah, if, uh, anything from the Lions is probably going to be the running backs, um, especially if Swift's banged up. You can go to Jamal Williams, a little bit of a revenge narrative going on there. Uh, he's only 5,900, so he's down a little bit. Just saw 22 points against Miami himself. Uh, so Jamal Williams, don't mind. I'm on Ross St. Brown being over the middle helps. You want to try to avoid. Uh, Jair Alexander, if you can. Uh, so you might be able to do that with Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you saw Khalif Raymond uh, have a, a pretty solid game. He only saw four targets, but he caught three for 76 yards. Um, but one that that kind of I said, mentioned earlier in the show, if he mm-hmm. plays Brock Wright, 2,500, okay. minimum salary at tight end. Uh, Hawkins is gone. Uh, so if he gets cleared, um, I think you can play him. I think he's got some talent. He showed it in the box score. Wouldn't touch James Mitchell, but I would touch Brock Wright from a, a DFS standpoint we, uh, if, if he's there. We have the Las Vegas Raiders who maybe they know how to get to Jacksonville. Maybe they don't, but they don't know how to get to New Orleans. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Zeros. I got a zero from Devontae Adams in the fishbowl. I, I don't know what it was. Point eight. I don't know. How funny that you go to Devontae Adams after we talk about the Packers. <laughs> Trick or treat. <laughs> on my feet. How terrible is that, man? I, I, I'm, I, I'm not touching any kind of Las Vegas Raider action for the rest of the year. It's terrible. Uh, I don't want anything to do with them. This is, just makes me mad. Derek Carr dropped down to 5,400. You could drop down to 4K, Derek Carr, and I'll play Sam Ellinger over you right now. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm not over it here. I didn't know how you really feel. That's the, the thing I need to know is how do you really feel? About the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Look, this this Jacksonville Jaguar game right here, because it's not the Las Vegas Raider game, it's the Jacksonville Jaguar game at 48 points. It looks really looks really appealing to me from a Jacksonville Jaguar standpoint. We got Trevor Lawrence sitting there at 5,200, buddy. That sounds really good. And I told you a couple weeks ago, and I'm tooting my own horn here just a little bit because I drafted Devontae Adams in the fishbowl, and I'm regretting every moment of it. So I've got to do something. But uh, Travis Etienne, I thought he was trying to break out there. It just looked like everything mm-hmm. that was going on. James Robinson taking a backseat a little bit there and now getting traded. ETN is just really exploding. Looks like a great value at 6,300. And then I, the thing is, is uh, do, you, do you pair him up with an Evan Ingram over the top of any of those wide receivers? Oh, because Evan Ingram is getting a lot of looks and he's only at 3,300, Pierre. Yeah, um, Ingram looks good from a, a price standpoint. Uh, again, going up against the Raiders uh, who can struggle against the tight ends themselves. Uh, Travis Etienne, that's the that's the play though. He's the yeah. He's the guy. Uh, they got rid of James Robinson, you know, opened it up for him, you know, backfield mate uh, with, with Lawrence when they were at Clemson. Got unleashed, man. You see that from a rushing standpoint. You love to see it. 24 attempts. Uh, they're against the Broncos, who, who don't have a, a bad defense themselves. Uh, put up 28.2 in London. So we really get to benefit from that, um, except from a showdown standpoint. But you should be able to this week. 
He's going to be locked and loaded in a lot of lineups with 6,300, like Travis Etienne quite a bit. Not sure I, I really play um, the the passing game with the, the Jags. Lawrence, I'm worried that he won't have to throw now that Etienne's kind of coming into the fold here. So you look at, you know, 31 attempts. He only had 8.8 points. I know it's against the Broncos. Uh, the, the Raiders aren't the Broncos defense, but they still got guys like Max Crosby that can kind of get after the ball. Um, so I probably won't play Lawrence or the, the pass catchers. But we'll see as the week unfolds. You know, you never know once value opens up and things happen. Christian Kirk's a pretty good price at 5500 himself. Uh, but ETN's probably the play. And I don't mind the running back on the other side, Josh Jacobs. Coming off a of dud himself, uh, he's still there at 7300 So you look at that, um, three out of four weeks, he's got 30-plus. Jax is giving it up on the ground um, a bit. So you could play Jacobs and ETN potentially. Um, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. It stunk that he stunk. I understand that, but you got to hope that one of those situations takes place where the, the squeaky wheel happens or the prima donna, you know, receiver starts to, right. to get upset, goes to the front office or goes to his college quarterback, say, hey, give me the ball and uh, let's see what we can do. Because you, you got to expect he's not happy losing uh, there in Las Vegas because he wasn't used to that in Green Bay. No, and and that's what I was going to ask you is is it a week to go back to Devonte Adams just because he was so bad last week or you know fantasy production wise and it's not the personal Devonte but uh, just from a fantasy perspective to where this is a get right game for him or you know you're going to feed him a hundred balls and, and by the way I think that the Raiders maybe were sick and had the flu last week possibly or something like that there was some sickness going on maybe that's what it was uh, for them to not even cross the fifty yard line until the third quarter or fourth quarter or something ridiculous like that that that's <laughs> some. Something's not right there. You know, just something's not right going on. So it right. was it was bad. I mean, maybe it's Josh McDaniels. Like maybe, maybe. he's not the, I mean, the honestly, people think he is. He's he's never been really successful, even in Denver by himself. So it's possible. He might not be that likable character that we all know and love. I <laughs> no yeah, one I, likes him in Indy because he, he backed out of the coaching job and, and went back to New England, which led us to Frank Wright, which was was good at the time, but now you know he's struggling too. So maybe Chris Bauer is not a very good head coach. Evaluator. <laughs> Indianapolis at New England. This is maybe the lowest point total on the board. I think it is at 39 points. Pierre, do, do we have any playable characters out of this one? I know you love your Indianapolis Colts, but are, are we playing Ellinger this week at 5K? That's too much. No, not playing him. Uh, even more so now in New England. Like we really struggle. We even struggle with Peyton Manning going to New England. Uh, I struggled with Andrew Luck going to New England. So I'm not going to play Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Going to New England, um, gonna be tough. I think you can play pieces of the coach okay. still. Like we we have talent, we just suck at blocking for them. Um, but Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, you know, seventy seven hundred. Naeem Hines is gone. He tweaked his ankle a bit, so I won't watch the the injury news. But they're gonna try to to get him unleashed, get him going. Uh, Michael Pittman really bad drop there late, but he's down to sixty eight hundred. Uh, we've seen Ellinger get the ball to you know Pierce. You know he had a couple big catches, three for 65. Campbell had a couple. Um, just not the volume that you want. So probably just Pittman or Taylor from that standpoint. And from the New England side, I mean, Ramondre, is he the guy there now? Oh, definitely. The, totally the guy there. Damian Harris is, is an afterthought. And that's what I was going to say. Uh, I know that Stevenson looks like he is a plug and play each and every week at 6,200. Nothing looks like a bad you know price for him right now at this point. Just he can give you a lot of points. And I also wanted to say maybe possibly somebody to look, take a look at. And I know Zach Moss just got there in the backfield for Indianapolis, right? But a Deion Jackson really looked good in the game and opportunities that he had. Uh, my concern with that as I say that, is uh, that Matt Ryan was the quarterback then. Sam Ellinger is the quarterback now. I think that puts a big fantasy hit on all these guys here. But uh, Jonathan Taylor banged up knee. Deion Jackson might be somebody to look at if you're really desperate at running back, I guess. Yeah, um, for sure. And, again, like he tweaked the ankle during the game. So watch the practice reports. If he's out, Deion Jackson's back down to, to 5,200. We saw him at that exact price. Uh, against Jacksonville, put up 28 points. So he caught 10 balls. Again, it's not Matt Ryan, but he can still find some success. You're not going to expect Zach Moss to really be involved uh, his first week there uh, in the backfield. Uh, I do like Ramondre, as you mentioned, 6,200. Seems to be separating himself from, from Damian Harris. Oh, yeah. Uh, eight eight targets back-to-back weeks uh, in addition to his, his rushing game volume, which is great, 20-plus uh, fantasy points in the, the Coats. We gotten beat up on the running game there. Jacoby Myers, 
He's yes. one of the, the the pass catchers you can go to. Saw 12 targets himself. Mac Jones back in the fold. So mm-hmm. you got Mac Jones there throwing the ball. Uh, Coates give it up over the middle uh, when it comes to the tight ends. You know, those those pass catchers that run those routes across the middle, which I feel will be Jacoby Myers. So I think he's also in play. Probably not going to play any tight ends. So Ramondre, Jacoby Myers. If you need a punt play, I don't hate uh, Tyquan Thornton either. Uh, they're at receiver. He's he's really cheap. He's showing up pretty good value uh, in the projections right now at 3,300. So that's something to, to keep in mind as well. And that's fine. Uh, by the way, DraftKings, it's fine. Just to never put Jacoby Myers in the 6K range. I do not mind playing <laughs> him each week at 5,400. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's good. He doesn't deserve it. Okay. Just, he doesn't deserve it. He deserves, I deserve him at 5,400 5, each and every week. That's fine with me. Uh, I, I do like the DSTs there. I like the Patriots DST a lot here this week, Pierre. If yes. I was going to pay up for somebody at 4,100, that, that just seems like a, a really good opportunity to be able to take advantage of a, a team that is desperate for a win, needs a win to be able to stay in contention in that division. And I, I don't see them giving up that opportunity against the Indianapolis Colts this week. Buffalo at the Jets Pier. I don't know what happened to Josh Allen at the end of that Green Bay game, but all of a sudden he started turning the ball over. I don't know if he got, I don't want to say <laughs> bored, but you know what I mean? I, I just don't know what that was. And it was an odd game for a Sunday night because they were blowing them out of the water and they were 14, 10, 10 point favorites or something like that. I thought they'd end up winning by a hundred. Then all of a sudden he just throwing interceptions around here. It didn't make much sense to me, but this game is in New York at the, for the jets. It's going to be a 47 point total right here. And I'm not sure why though. I, I don't know why that's 47 point total, because if I look at that game from <laughs> last week, Green Bay was able to keep up with them a little bit offensively. I mean, it's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but the jets just aren't going to be able to. Probably not, but what what did you say that total was? Um, Forty seven. The, the Packers and and Bills. What was the spread? Oh, I, I wasn't it ten. I thought fourteen hundred. I don't know what it was. It, it was so 10. ten. And what was yeah. the final score? It was about ten, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's why you asked what happened. No, no. Make, hey, make listen, I, that's what I, I'm not the conspiracy guy here. You are Pierre. I, I all I all I all I say is Vegas is very good at their jobs. <laughs> and the, the point total was 10 and a half. Okay. That's what it was. That was the spread. It closed at 10 and a half. And you just mentioned, I don't know what happened. No, I, hey, look, <laughs> I had. Where Josh Allen just all of a sudden stuck at the end. So you set it I, up for exactly what actually happened. No, I hey, listen. I was thinking it. I didn't want to say it because I, you know, I get that. I get the reputation of being that guy, you know, the conspiracy guy. But seriously, when you were watching the game and you saw him throw the interception, you're like, "What are you doing? That was a terrible. That's the worst throw I've seen Josh Allen make all year long. That first interception, right? And then he turned around and did it again. <laughs> I don't know so I know me and and uh, I think it's John Fraschella are both of the thought of this, and it's prime time underdogs. You always want to go with primetime underdogs because they're going to they're going to cover more often than not. And I think there's a reason for that. Like the the, the week's over um, or it's just beginning. Everyone's, you know, trying to get some action in. They go with the favorites and primetime underdogs just always seem to deliver. Uh, so the Packers at that 10 and a half, they technically would have covered at 10. Yes. Yep. We saw the Browns. You know, last night, what they did to the Bengals, there's just a thing with, with primetime underdogs. This game <laughs> is 1 o'clock. It's not in in the primetime, so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Uh, so I do feel like the, the Bills can probably have their way here, uh, probably let Josh Allen continue to, to put his foot on the gas uh, against the Jets. But, I mean, they do see each other a few times a year, and you right. often see divisional games are just more difficult for, for one reason or another. So I wouldn't be shocked if they keep Josh Allen in check a little bit and he doesn't put up, you know, those big 35 to 40 point games. Look at the two last year, 23.8, 24.9 in the two games against the Jets. They still scored 27 and 45 points, but just didn't have to do too much himself. So keep that in mind, 8.5 is a pretty big price tag. He's still, you know, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league. So he's playable. He has the upside, but going in against the Jets in a game that most believe Buffalo's probably going to blow them out after the Jets just lost to New England, it's just one of those trap-type games where they, they maybe don't perform 
the way you expect them to. Yeah, I mean, their their favorite uh, they, minus six twenty five is the money line of that one. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. They'll still hey. win. It just may not be in the fashion that many think. They got a right. thirty point team total. Thirty. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. And I, the one guy who I trust in all that is not Gabe Davis necessarily, although he could have the two touchdown game and then the you know the two hundred yard game. But Stephon Diggs just week in and week out, he's getting oh, the yeah. looks, he's getting the volume. Eighty four hundred. I don't know that he can get to three times the value though at eighty four hundred. He doesn't necessarily look like that play for me. They keep utilizing Isaiah McKenzie in different ways. I'm afraid going forward, the fantasy value is going to be hurt for Isaiah McKenzie. I wonder if Naheem Hines takes more of a say a McKenzie role than a Devin Singletary role. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. they give McKenzie that sideline sweep action and everything. That that seems perfect for uh, Naheem Hines. Absolutely, I feel like he's going to play a part of that. He'll probably will eat into McKenzie and Singletary a little bit, but yeah, he definitely could take that that slot slash um, kind of scat back type of role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite play out of this entire game might be either a Dawson Knox or Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin, uh, two touchdowns last week, getting peppered with all kinds of looks. Looks to be who the young quarterback is now turning to in Zach Wilson uh, right now. And I th- I like that for Tyler Conklin's outlook. And he's only 3,200 this week. Yeah, um, hadn't happened. Like We, we talked off of yep. him. At least I talked yep. people off of him because he was a Flacco guy. Like He was getting targets with Flacco, and he wasn't with Zach Wilson. And then... Voila, <laughs> he's getting all the targets. He got 10, caught six for 76, six for 79, two touchdowns. Uh, someone's going to have to score. They're going to have to try to keep up. Buffalo does have a really good defense, so it could be a long day for, for Zach Wilson and the Jets. But Conklin, you look at a, a Garrett Wilson, he could still be in play again. So it could be it could be someone that benefit that's a beneficiary uh, of trying to keep up with the Bills in this passing game. Minnesota at the Washington Commanders. I did it right. Week nine, and I got it right. 43 and a half points is this point total. Uh, I, I kind of refused to get it right before. But uh, Washington Commanders, 43 and a half point total in this one. Minnesota, of course, has that new toy in TJ Hawkinson. Probably be able to play. I, I would imagine he's kind of familiar with the playbook for Minnesota because they probably watched some Minnesota game film uh, and stuff like that in the Detroit locker room a little bit. Uh, he doesn't play defense, so maybe not. But anyway, uh, do you see a Taylor Heineke being able to capitalize in this game at only 5400 Pierre he's that try hard go get him kind of a guy but I don't know that he can necessarily do it here but last week he got 23 against your Indianapolis Colts I mean you don't have to bring that up but well, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah he's, he's, he's that guy like you stated he's gonna he's gonna grind it out man I, I I like watching him play tough guy never out of it like we were up what two scores with five minutes left and they came mm-hmm. back and and won that game, and that's just the kind of player he is. You see his team rallying around him. We see Terry McLaurin, his top receiver, rallying around him. Uh, so yeah, he could definitely pay off that four point, that five point four salary. Uh, Twenty plus will do that for you. Um, you're really just looking for eighteen or so. Uh, you can see that definitely take place against the Vikings. Their defense isn't that great. I don't feel on the road themselves. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the game plays out. Um, 43.5 is not that great of a total. Right. Um, so Vegas doesn't expect it to score a lot of points, but they have the weapons to do so. If Jefferson's scoring on one side or Thielen or Cook and, you know, Washington's trying to catch up like they did at the end of that Colts game, you know, he has guys he can throw it to with McLaurin, with Samuel. Uh, you're seeing Gibson catch the ball out of the backfield. They got Logan Thomas back last week. So, yeah, I definitely think Heineke – can't get there depending on the game script. Hey, uh, Dennis Green, I got a question for you. Is What do you think about Antonio Gibson's workload there for Washington? He is who we thought they were. He was. He is. <laughs> I mean, Antonio Gibson is finding his role there, and they're utilizing him and capitalizing him. feels like the pressure for me. <laughs> While I sit there watching, I'm like, oh, the pressure's off him is what it is. And that's really what it is. You know, some people are like that. Some people are wired like that. But he's getting the targets. He's getting the carries. Everything is just lining up really good for Antonio Gibson. At 5,500, Pierre, he looks like a playable character to me this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, we both said that we thought he was the best running back in this backfield. So I'm glad they're actually using him. It seems like he was getting phased out once um, Brian Robinson came back. But, yeah, he saw, you know, seven and four targets. He's gotten the end zone back-to-back weeks. Uh, so I still like him, uh, again, especially if they are trailing. He seems like he's more their, their pass-catching running back than J.D. McKissick was. 
So just keep that in mind. He's he's looking pretty good. Sometimes that means to get off of him because he'll have a dud. But I think I'll keep rolling the 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 Gibson train. You look at the the splits is the only thing that concerns me. Like he's really efficient right now. Um, last week, thirty six percent of the snaps. That's all he got. Brian Robinson, twenty five percent. JD McKissick, thirty six percent. They basically are playing fifteen to twenty snaps each. So when you look at the fact that on his twenty two snaps, he had seven rushes and seven targets. Uh, I don't know if that'll stay. I don't know if that he can keep up <laughs> with that from a, a a target ratio, the snap ratio. And from a season-long perspective or a redraft league, we've said it many multiple times here on the DFS Dreamer podcast, when Carson Wentz comes back as quarterback, and he will, I, I think that he'll get that starting job back. I, I, Taylor Haneke. I don't know. I mean, I, his arm, he just doesn't – Taylor Haneke doesn't have an arm. I mean, but it's they like don't, They don't benefit. So you got to uh, think that they lose a second-round pick if Wentz plays seventy uh-huh. percent of the snaps to the Goats, otherwise it stays a third round pick. So if Heineke's playing well and they're winning, there's really no motivation to bring Wentz back. If we're being honest, okay. Well, no, that's a, that's a good point. I'll say though, if Wentz does come back because Ron Rivera is on the hot seat and he doesn't <laughs> care if, what about the second round pick or not because he needs to win games, gotcha. uh, I, I will say that Carson Wentz does not check down to that uh, running back a lot, so that would really hurt Kipson's value in those seven touches that he gets through the air or on receptions anyway. So just true. he might he might be a so high candidate. Gibson might be a so high candidate right now. True. Very uh, true. Okay. Wide receiver room. Uh, you just talked about a lot of those. What about the Minnesota Vikings? Are we going to trust Jefferson Justin Jefferson no matter what? Has he moved into Cooper Cup territory? No, he's not there, but he's still good. But okay. he, he's not putting up cup numbers like Cup's getting you 20 plus every week. Okay. Jefferson's got a four, he's got a 10, he's got a 15, but Hey, he's good. He's getting targets. He's going to be in play. His price is starting to come down. Uh, you look at it, it's the second lowest that it's been all season. Um, he started off at 7,800. He hadn't been under 8,900 until this week. So uh, given the little discount you can get, he's definitely in play at 86. But no, not not Cooper Cup territory. Okay, Logan Thomas might be in play at 2,900 as a tight end. Yes, no? Yes. Um, need to see him healthy. Um, that's a concern, obviously, with him. But I think Heineke will try to get him the ball when healthy, but he got zero targets <laughs> against the Goats. He didn't get one play his way, and he played 50, 56% of the snaps in that game. So you, you want to see them actually start to to try to utilize him. Um, but, again, 2,900 might be a time to, to try to hop on there. Maybe so. And, and I don't mind the Vikings' defense at 3,500. If I hit, you know, was in that price range, if I couldn't figure anything else out, maybe I would want to do that. I, I don't know. I, guess yeah, I mean, you can always take a chance on, on any defense. Like, we didn't talk about Carolina. I like Carolina even at 2,300, mm-hmm. given that Cincinnati can't protect Burrow. But all you need is for one of these teams the scoop and score, pick six, and they're going to pay off that salary. So, yeah. You look at the Vikings, they can do that. If Heineke throws a bad ball, the Commanders can do it. If Kirk Cousins thinks he's in prime time. So there's always different avenues <laughs> for these defenses to score points. Seattle at Arizona. This one's at Arizona. This point total is at 50 and a half right now. This is a very interesting game to me. You know, this is, this is in that interdivisional rivalry. So both teams might not be able to do as much here. And, and Arizona might have a tougher time trying to move the ball. I don't know that anybody can stop Seattle, though, Pierre. <laughs> Gotta let Geno cook, man. Man, a lot. 5,800, too. Seems like a good price for Geno Smith. And who would have thought that we would have been saying that at this point of the year? <laughs> Nobody. He's yeah. not moving up. Like, like he's better in the 5K range. Yeah. Like, like eight weeks down, he's crushing. Like yeah. I know he's got a few like average games, but they're winning. They're leading the NFC West. Who would have said that? We talk about who would have said Gino. Who would have said they'd be leading the NFC West? That is exactly what's happening with the Seahawks right now. A lot of teams get into you know shootouts whenever it comes to the Cardinals, New Orleans, Minnesota. Both of those game totals uh, against New Orleans, forty-two to thirty-four against Minnesota, twenty-six to thirty-four. So recently, a lot of teams have been able to light up the Cardinals, but I don't mm-hmm. know that that's necessarily true for the Seahawks, Pierre. Uh, well, I, I, I say that, and I look at here. The Giants last week is really what's sticking out in my head. They only got thirteen points, thirteen points against the Seahawks, and I don't mm-hmm. know when that came. I guess that that came after the game ended because uh, I know Saquon <laughs> and I know the. Uh, uh, the quarterback just didn't give a, give me anything last week. Yeah, Saquon's touchdown was on like a – I think a fumble took place, and they got the ball inside the five, and he like rushed it in with like no yards attached to it. But 
They played really well at home. Um, their defense plays well at home. We saw that. They played the Cardinals already in week six. Uh, they won 19 to nine um, mm-hmm. in that game. So this one is on the road, which does interest me a little bit more in the Cardinals, uh, given that the, the 12th man's not there to, to okay. kind of pull Seattle along. But division rival, they, they kind of, they dud it the first time around. So the first time they played, a lot of people played them. It was 19 to nine. So now you're at that situation is, do you think that's just what's going to happen and that's the type of game they're going to be played? Or is this game going to go off like it was supposed to back in week six now? Yeah, that's and, and I don't know which way I'm leaning yet. I still got to look at it mm-hmm. a little bit more. Uh, but I think that DeAndre Hopkins is playable either way. At 7,900, yes. he's paid that off both times. He's gotten 13 targets, 14 targets, and just looks like one of those guys that you would want to play week in and week out. And I also think Rondell Moore might be catching the eye of a little Kyler Murray. At eight targets last week, he had 23 fantasy points. So maybe they're trying to figure out how to utilize both of those guys right now. Unless, of course, James Conner comes back and then he gets all the you know red zone carries. <laughs> that would be so brutal. Conner comes back and starts the, the vulture, Rondell Moore. But, yeah, you're right on Hopkins. I played him last week. Uh, 12 catches, 159, a touchdown. Again, you saw him come off suspension, see 14 targets. There was no reason for that to stop. And I don't think that's going to stop right now either. Uh, they're going to target him, try to get him the ball. Do like Rondell Moore as well. It seems like he's become the the clear wide receiver too. Right. Um, he played 99% of the snaps last week, so he was on the field pretty much all but one snap, uh, whereas Hopkins was on the field 100% of the snaps. So that's clearly 1A and 1B from a target perspective. At 5,200, uh, they're starting to use him more on some deep balls as well. So you're not just getting those little, you know, dink and dunks uh, across the, the middle of the field and at the line of scrimmage. So I like Rondell Moore. I like Hopkins. Uh, when you look at the Seattle side, Tyler Lockett, 6,100, seems yeah. to be the one that benefits mostly uh, in these matchup against the Cardinals over Metcalf, who can apparently play on a torn patella <laughs> from what we gathered. But uh, I do like Lockett as well. DK is a, a, a decent price also. If you expect this game to shoot out, it's good to have these pass-catching options at wide receiver. Okay, all that's true until Antonio Wesley comes back to play. Uh, Antoine, Antoine Wesley <laughs> comes back to play. Any Wesley can always steal targets is all I'm going to say. Los Angeles Rams at Tampa Bay. When I was looking at this one right before the show, Pierre, and seeing these totals, I went, I cannot believe this game totals at 42 and a half. And I know they're, they're very strong defenses. I know that. But I think that that's even more of a reflection of the bad offenses that we're seeing right now in Los Angeles and Tampa Bay, Pierre. It's, it's really kind of scary whenever you look at it. Just to think, and I say scary, it, it, the reason why it's scary is because you realize you're getting old, right? Yeah. Because you see all these older quarterbacks struggling in the league right now. And that means, holy cow, their time's passing. And then you kind of look at it and go, wow. My time is passing too, Pierre. Which one do you like better, Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford this week? Tom Brady's at 6K and Matthew Stafford's at 5,600. I'm still going to go Brady. Uh, I'm getting old myself. So I've been over Friday night to put some ice cream in the freezer, in the bottom drawer of the freezer, and my back, like, tweaked. I took my back just putting ice cream in the freezer. So I know how (laughs) they feel right now. my wife said, welcome to 40. I'm like, oh boy, this is what I've been warned about. So I understand their pain. I do lean Brady. I just, I like his weapon still. You know, Mike Evans, still good at football. Chris Godwin, still good at football. Fournette, you know, you see where I'm going here. Yeah. And and they're still like in it. Like they're only a game back (laughs) of their division uh, here with the, the NFC South. So keep that in mind. Um, they're at home. Brady has played better at home this year. You got to think he's going to get tired of, of losing. Um, he's not been one to lose. Think. They've lost three yeah. games in a row, lost, what, five out of six. He did not have the issues at home for this. This is not why Tom Brady came back. <laughs> uh, I expect him to, to have a better game. Uh, even if he doesn't blow up, I do expect him to, to play well. I expect the Bucks to probably win this game. Uh, so give me Brady out of him and Stafford. Uh, and and now I'm going to go into the speculation <laughs> mode here. Uh, the divorce happened very very quickly. It feels like for a divorce. You know what I mean? Like I've seen yeah. divorces go for a long time. This one happened pretty fast. So kind of amicable, but still tough. And especially when your name's in the headline, your spouse's name's in the headline. I'm sure that's affecting their kids, stuff like that. 
but now the chapter's closed, right? The book is closed. Maybe this yeah. is something that he can put behind him automatically. Maybe it's, you know, I don't, I don't know. So it might be a time to benefit from something of that nature. And I do like the wide receivers, of course. It, it does seem like everybody's going to be off of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it might be mm-hmm. a time to be able to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. From a running back standpoint, though, the, I, Leonard Fournette, I, I know Uncle Lenny. I know he's supposed to get us all the looks. <laughs> he's supposed to get us all the touches. But to me, whenever I watch Leonard Fournette play, when it, he's not interested in catching the ball or Tom Brady's not interested in throwing him the ball anymore. It just doesn't seem like that's that's part of the repertoire anymore. Maybe Leonard Fournette is out of gas. He's been used so much over the last couple of years, Pierre. Potentially. Um, part of that's just the, the game script as well. So they've, they've stunk. Like Carolina blew them out <laughs> in week seven. It was, what, 21 to three. Uh, Baltimore, they really weren't in that game, I didn't feel either. So... I think when that happens, you're going to try to go to the rookie and Rashad Wright and just get him more involved, um, or you're just going to be forced to throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're actually up um, or, or in a tight game, I do think they'll lean on Fournette with his experience, um, his tenure, things along those lines. So I can still see him being in play. I think the targets could come back. Um, obviously, it won't be as much with Evans <laughs> and Godwin healthy, but if they're in a close game, they're going to rely on him more um, in a, a pass catching role. I feel. Are we going to look at anybody? There's no. There's no good value in the running back room for the uh, the 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 Los Angeles Rams at all here. And I don't. I don't know what to do with any of those guys. And I'm not going to trust any of them. Henderson, Acres, Rivers. I, I don't, Brown's getting the end zone. Look, I don't, nobody. I mean, Rivers seemed to have the the touches. Yeah. <laughs> this, this last week, 4800. That's not bad. He saw eight carries. Saw four targets. Um, I don't think Akers is going to play another down uh, for the Rams, even though they didn't trade him. It just doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. Not going to go to the Malcolm Brown. He just doesn't look good, averaging what, two yards a carry. Right. So right. Daryl Henderson and Rivers. But Rivers, I mean, he's the he's the young guy they could turn to. So I don't like playing running backs uh, against the Buccaneers. But if you had to play one for cheap, it would probably be Rivers. You got to watch the news with Cooper Cup, though. So they had him mm. in the game. A uh, minute left. They were getting blown out by the 49ers, and he rode his ankle pretty good. Uh, it sounds like he avoided major damage, thankfully. Um, but if he's limited in any way, shape, or form, Matt Stafford might be forced to throw the ball to somebody else, <laughs> which we're not used to right now. Uh, so you could see a, an Allen Robinson getting play, or, or Tyler Higby um, is probably the one I would target. 3700 so his price has come down uh, week over week. The Buccaneers have really struggled against the, the tight end position. We just saw Isaiah Likely come in for, for Mark Andrews and have a really big game. Uh, again, if Cup's limited, I, I think I like Higby a lot here at 3700 as uh, the person to play with Stafford if you're going to play the Rams. I like that call because 3700 does seem really cheap for Higby, especially if Cup is out. Uh, I, I don't want to play a K-Dot in at 3100 this week against that Rams defense. Not opposed to it necessarily. Oh, but I just, speaking of tight ends, hate to interrupt, but both tight ends in that last game, uh, Seattle and the Cardinals both stink. <laughs> so Zach Ertz, Will Disley, Noah Fant, you, you could probably get away with playing one of them. Sorry, okay. I didn't want to forget that. No, no, I, I understand. Uh, so, and, and uh, I think that that is all just a playable thing. All right, Pierre, we are uh, here just about out of time. So we're going to ask you to build us a little lineup here in just a minute. But I'm going to remind everybody to follow you over on Twitter at Wee 31 Follow me as well at Lofanet. You can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please like, please subscribe, please share the show. And whatever listening platform you'd like to listen to it on, leave a review, leave a comment, leave a heart, leave a whatever you can. It always helps out with the show. Now, Pierre, this week, uh, I'm supposed I think the, the game has been for me to be able to re- remember uh, throughout the show what, <laughs> what what kind of quarterback you like. And I, I've, I've learned to cheat this week because I'm going to kind of go down here on the list and I'm going to look at them a little bit. It's got to be Aaron Rodgers. I, I just saw his name and I know how you are probably in the doghouse because of the Green Bay Packers <laughs> losing streak, even Whatever. though you haven't. You haven't done anything personally. It's just one of those things where if you pick Aaron Rodgers on the show, your wife's going to be like, oh, Pierre. So I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. It is not because if I pick him and he stinks, I get the blame. So it will not be Rodgers. I'm actually going with your guy. My Oh, Justin Fields. Don't blame you for going with him. He seems like a pretty good value this week, and they're really just utilizing him pretty, pretty well over there. 
Yeah, Fields, 5,300 just seems like the, the right play this week. Against Miami, who's giving up points. So give me Fields and his rushing upside for 5,300. I, li- I wish I had the, the Claypool news already. I know he's traded there. I wish I knew if he was going to play. But I'll go ahead and put in Mooney uh, to pair him up with Fields there at 4,700. I feel like that's a really good price tag. I do want a part of the Packers. Um, I'm going to get there with Aaron Jones at running back for 7,400. Uh, just like – just like the matchup so much, like the, the 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 amount of rushes that he saw there against Buffalo. So give me Aaron Jones. Let's get a defense in here. Give me the Panthers uh, against the Bengals defense just to give me a cheap defense there at, at 2,300. Hopefully they can get some sacks on Burrow, maybe a pick six like they did on Stafford. Give me Travis Etienne. I'll take him at running back at, at yes, 6,300. Uh, again, like the the – the amount of touches he's getting now. No James Robinson in a good matchup against the Raiders. I will take Higby um, at tight end for 3,700 there. I uh, like the tight end matchup uh, against uh, the Buccaneers quite a bit. Do I want another running back? Do I want to do this with Carolina? Yeah, give me Mixon. Um, I know I got Carolina's defense, but I'll take Mixon and his price at 6,500. Just really cheap for him. So give me Mixon. Give me Diggs to get a part of this Bills 30-point total. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they have for their team total at 8,400. Leaves me about 5,400 left. Oh, that's oh. just enough for your guy going up against my coats. I'll take Jacoby Myers at, at 5,400 <laughs> to round it out. So Justin Fields, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Stefan Diggs, Jacoby Myers, Darnell Mooney, Tyler Higby, Travis Etienne, Panthers defense. I like it, Pierre. It looks good. I like that Claypool. Uh, Want to pay attention to that news, too. And I'll just tell you right now, there are some tailors that are putting together a gold jacket right now for Claypool <laughs> in Chicago. I guarantee you that. Hey, I'm sure. <laughs> great job, Pierre. Follow him at PeeWee31 over there on Twitter. Make sure you do one more important thing, though, Fit Fam. Find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 